1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, May the 11th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1647, Peter Stuyvesant arrived in New Amsterdam to become the governor of New Netherland. In June of 1665, New Amsterdam would become known as New York City. Today in 1858, Minnesota became the 32nd state of the Union. Today, in 1927, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists, no, Sciences was founded during a banquet at the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles. Today, in 1935, Rural Electrification Administration. That sounds like something they're going to do to you if you did something bad, but no, it wasn't. Anyway, the Electrification Administration was created by one of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal programs. It was to take electricity to those folks that lived out in the country. Today, in 1946, the first care packages sent by a consortium of American charities to provide relief to the hungry of post-war Europe, they arrived in France. Today, in 1960, Israeli agents captured Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann. He thought he was far away from Israel and well hidden. He was not. They found him in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Today, in 2020, Twitter announced that it would add a warning label to tweets containing disputed or misleading information about the coronavirus. Much has happened at Twitter since then. Did you hear that um, Tucker Carlson is going to begin a a regular program on Twitter, just like he was doing on Fox, and you will only be able to see it on Twitter, as I understand it, and... um, they are saying there are no contracts signed. He's just going to start it on Twitter. I'm sure he's spoken with Twitter's new owner now, Elon Musk. But um, it's interesting because I, I mentioned it a, a week or so ago when <clears throat> when he was you know suddenly fired just on the spot almost on a Monday morning. Um, he, he he had met with Elon Musk shortly thereafter, and I wondered out loud at the time. I wondered what would they be talking about? I mean, they would have a lot to talk about. But a lot has changed at Twitter as well. And when when uh, Tucker Carlson put out that video, it was about two two minutes long, and I, I mentioned it on this program. I, uh, I watched it, and um, so did others. And within just hours, 63 million people had viewed that, specifically, intentionally. So I think that was probably what led Tucker and the people around him to say, man, we can do this. And so rather than going on another existing news platform, <clears throat> like Newsmax had, had gone after him and probably some other conservative groups. But uh, apparently from what I read yesterday and, and earlier this week as well, that he is going to do that and he's going to start it very soon. And he's suing Fox for trying to silence him through the um, 2025 uh, election, 2024 election. So interesting stuff that's happening out there. A lot of things changing in our world, as always. One year ago today, the Senate fell far short of trying to rush this bill through that would enshrine Roe v. Wade abortion access as federal law. It was blocked by a Republican filibuster. The move came after that draft. Remember when that draft report was leaked out to the press? Have you ever wondered why we never knew who that was? I don't believe for a moment that someone, if not all, within that Supreme Court probably knows who did that, or at least which person who perhaps worked for one of the justices. But the public has never been allowed to know that, just like we haven't been allowed to know... What's in that manifesto of that transgender person who uh, shot the the adults and kids, killed them at the Christian school? The um, Nashville police said just yesterday, again, they're not going to release that to the public. Why are they protecting this transgender kid? I know that their excuse is that it could cause a riot and it could incite people to uh, go out and do bad things. Well, it could, but the news day in and day out can incite people to go out and do bad things, particularly if they have some mental issues or whatever. So why would they pick that and not allow the public to know what that person was writing before they, um, before the person went out and killed six people in a Christian school in Nashville? I, I know why, and I think you do too. They don't want to shed a bad light on transgenders. Anything to protect transgenderism. And I'm a I'm a man with a heart for kids. I was a youth pastor for years, longer than most of my other friends that were youth pastors. You can only do that so long, it'll kill you after a while. I shouldn't use that term. I mean, not literally. Well, maybe literally. It may wear you out. But it, it's not a, it, it's a you know, it's an active role of ministry. But I loved kids so much, and Marjorie and I loved kids, and, and it just we just kept doing it. And finally I became a quote-unquote real pastor. But anyway, um, it, it, I know they're trying to protect this transgender movement, and I wish they wouldn't do that. I wish they would just be honest about it and just let the public know. We have a right to know but I don't think we'll ever know what was in that manifesto because the left and the activists on the left are so strong, not necessarily in number, but in just their their voice is so strong and it is so demanding and it is so intentional and it's led by the President of the United States. I mean, that's probably. I mean, it appears it's one of the most important issues he has. I mean, forget China and Russia and all these guys running around the world, you know, thumbing their nose and other things at us in the United States. Forget that. He has the back of the transgenders and the LGBTQ movement and, and so on. I wish he had a little more empathy toward biblical Christians sometimes, but I guess that's not in the works. I was reading this morning... Psalm 37. Let me share a little bit of that with you. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. This is a psalm that's written by David. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a little memo on uh, it's the inspired, infallible Word of God, but it's kind of like a memo that it, it it's it's kind of um, expressing the happy state of the godly, and the short-lived prosperity of the wicked. I mean, it's saying just, it isn't over till it's over. That's what the psalmist David is saying. Fret not thyself against evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall be cut down like the grass. I know that isn't politically correct, but I'm reading the Bible. They shall be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good, so thou shalt dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse 7, Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself, because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass." And that's pretty much the way that chapter rolls. You you read through that, and it's talking about he's the writer. David is acknowledging that all of this stuff is going on in the world, but don't fret about it. He's saying just don't worry about it. God is in control, and God will bless the righteous. God will bless those who follow Him and serve Him, and and claim the name of the Lord. And worship him in their life and their deeds and their actions and their words and so on. And and ask him to forgive us of our sins when we fail. And we will fail and we do fail and we do sin. But he's talking about that The the Lord is with his people. And that's what this whole chapter is about. In fact, verse 23 in Psalm 37 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So God not only is asking us to just be patient, stay with me. God is in control. He's going to do some great things, and in the meantime, he's going to direct our steps. He will give us understanding, and it will come through his word, because his word is the absolute, the last word. It is the truth. Everything else has to pass the test according to the word of God, because everything else is going to fade away. It's going to be cut down like withered grass. Everything will go except the word of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm thankful that God has given us his word. The new Washington state law has drawn some national attention after opponents said it elevates state authority over parental rights. I talked about this last week allowing minors to pursue medical gender-changing interventions and abortions without parents' consent or even parents' knowledge. When this came up and it was passed by a far-left Washington state legislature, people began to encourage Governor Jay Inslee not to sign it. But oh no, he signed Senate Bill 5599 into law on Tuesday, day before yesterday. The controversial measure drew protests at state capitol last month. There were a bunch of you that were there. I'm sure many of you listening to this program, or at least some of you, were there. I have strongly opposed this bill on this program and in some of my writing. The alliance of soon-to-depart Governor Inslee with uninformed elected officials and hardcore homosexual activists in the legislature will forever This will forever be a feature of Inslee's legacy, a scar on the children, a broken heart in parents whose family has been indelibly changed by this atrocity. They are not only ripping babies out of the womb of the mother, but now they are ripping born children out of the arms of their parents. This is not right. This will not continue. God will not allow this forever. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Washington Democrats refused to criminalize drug use and instead ask teens to carry naloxone to combat overdose opiate over- overdose. It's so bad, it's so sad in the state of affairs in Washington State that it's, it seeds a campaign to treat drug addiction to teenagers. The Washington State Health Care Authority recently launched the Friends for Life campaign. It encourages teens to carry this naloxone and instructs them when to use it to save the life of someone suffering an overdose. Rather than do what they can do to treat addicts, Democrats continue to approach the crisis by a, well, I, I would call it, and I think they call it a harm reduction model. What that means is they're, they're simply... Opening the door, they have opened the door. Oregon has done the same thing. It isn't just Washington. Oregon is doing the same thing. Idaho obviously is not. California is thinking about it. They're thinking about following Washington on this issue. But what they have done is they have said, we know you're going to use drugs. We know you're going to shoot it up and be high most of the time. And and they're saying, when you're not high, here's how to save the life of one of your friends who are legally doing drugs being high i mean where does that lead a culture it leads it to disaster it leads it to the dust of history is what it does i don't want to get off on this this morning but i will i will tell you as a kid growing up in washington state who what is the who are these people i mean we got hacks at school and i'm not that old we got hacks if we did something wrong with a board, with a paddle. And they stung. I mean, I was good. I never did anything. They stung. They hurt. Nobody got sued. I'm not suggesting we go back to that, but I'm I'm saying, how did we get to this place in one generation? Fatal drug overdoses continued to skyrocket across Washington State and King County, In King County alone, there have already been 463 fatal doses. This is not the state. This is King County, the county that decides who gets elected in statewide offices for the most part. Fatal drug overdoses is epidemic. 463 fatal overdoses in King County so far. That puts the the county on pace to exceed last year's record high of 1,000 deaths. Led by lame duck Governor Jay Inslee. Democrats who have total control of the state, they refuse to take the drug crisis seriously, apparently. Or they are so terribly uninformed, they don't know what's going on. In either case, they should not be serving in the state legislature. Their soft-on-crime policies are largely to blame for the preventable deaths. Their reluctance to make illicit drug possession and public use a crime is making the situation worse than it already was. David um, Jason Rance was on Fox News yesterday with David uh, or Dana Perino, and uh, they were talking about Washington State's problems. Rance has a, a talk show in Seattle. On um, I think it's Cairo in the afternoons sometime. I can't remember the time, but it's in the afternoons. Uh, he was talking about Bellingham, and he said that Bellingham now regrets legalizing drugs. Overdose, overdose deaths have spiked. Seattle slouches forward following the wisdom of the far-left ideology, so-called progressivism. As I said, Oregon is doing the same thing. They're walking down that same path. I don't know what these guys are thinking. Again, and this isn't about me, but having been a youth pastor, I've lived with these kids. I mean, Marjorie and I have, I, the, stories, <laughs> the stories are endless. I, I mean, I've, I've had kids so drugged out find their way to our church and get past the front desk and end up in my office, and they don't even know where they are. I had one kid come in at, when I was a youth pastor, and he got passed the lady at the front desk out there and got in there and anyway. He walked into my office and he said he couldn't hardly talk. He was so stoned. And he said, he said, they told me if I came here, you could fix me. I told him, I said, man, I can't fix you, but I know someone who can. I said, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He goes, wow, I've heard of him. I mean... I've lived with this and these guys are on the wrong path. This junk that they're doing is not only not helpful, it's destructive. I don't know what's the matter with them. I really don't. I don't I can't believe that these people who sit in that the big room in Olympia and elsewhere, Oregon is the same way. I can't for a moment think that they really know the the harm they're doing to children and families. And if they do they should be Taken for a ride out of town. They need to go to Idaho or Texas for a while and get a little learning and understanding. I mean, it's pathetic. But that's where we are, unfortunately. How will the state separate children from parents? I mean, how does that work under this new bill, this 5599 that's now law? Governor Inslee signed it the day before yesterday. Under the new law, Senate Bill uh, 5599, children can stay at licensed youth shelters without their parents' knowledge while seeking medical treatments like gender-transitioning services and medications. Previous law required licensed shelters and host homes to notify parents within 72 hours when a minor came into their care. The protected health care services include gender-altering procedures, which for minors included anything prescribed by a doctor, and you can find doctors that will prescribe anything they will treat dys- dysphoria. The bill says, quote, gender affirming treatment can be prescribed to two spirit, transgender, non binary, and other gender diverse individuals. Have you ever felt like you were drowning in words when you listen to these people? This is child abuse. I mean, plain and simple. It isn't of God. God will not allow this to go on. He will not bless this. We know that young people experiencing homelessness, you know, people aren't homeless anymore. They're experiencing homeless homelessness. They always are playing with words to mislead and to deceive people. Anyway, we know that young people experiencing homelessness are exposed to dangerous and harmful outcomes. This is why we must take every step we can ensure their safety. This would be one of those steps. I'm quoting Representative Mark Elias. He put out a prepared statement the other day. He said, quote, he continued, This legislation ensures that our trans youth have safe options and access to secure, stable shelter when they may not be welcome." at home. Marco is a homosexual activist and a state representative. He is misleading. He's uninformed, or he simply isn't telling the truth. His Democrat colleagues in public have certainly been deceived. He is probably the main voice on this issue. There's a lot of pushback from parents in every single Republican state legislature. God bless them. Every single Republican in Washington State, legislature voted against this bill. But that didn't matter because Governor Inslee could have vetoed it, but clearly he's on board with the state taking the child away from the parent when it comes to gender dysphoria, a time when kids need their parents most. Of all the things as a youth pastor I heard, I heard, I wish I knew my dad, or I wish I could be with my dad, or I wish I could be with my mom, or whatever. These kids take off. And it wasn't because their parents were making wrong choices. Occasionally, that is the case. And that needs to be dealt with separately. I understand that. But I'm talking about the fact that they just go out and they don't want any authority. And now we have the state bowing on their knees before these children who desperately need help. They don't need to be condemned to death by legalizing any kind of drug use. Drug use kills people. Drug use is demonic. The Bible makes that connection. Make no mistake about it. It's not just something that's chemical. There's a spiritual component in drug abuse. Pharmacia, State Senator, Republican leader, John Braun he said this is troubling legislation he said it clears the uh, he said it clears the way for kids to game the system by taking away parents' God-given rights he's right he said the only thing Senate Bill 5599 would do is cause harm by driving a wedge between vulnerable kids and their parents at a time when a teen lacks the perception and judgment to make critical life-altering decisions. Braun said a parent may not even know why the child ran away and could involve law enforcement or other groups in a desperate search, all the while going through an unnecessary emotional nightmare, imagining the worst about what might have happened. Well, if their child is in the hands of these leftists, it probably is about the worst thing that could happen short of death itself. Braun also said that children's brains are not fully developed until they're at at least 22 years of age, which means Democrats are punishing minors and pushing them to believe that they can make a life-altering decision that they may regret one day. He's right. Conservative Ladies of Washington, that's a conservative group of women, Conservative Ladies of Washington, they put out a statement. They said this bill is an assault on children and parental rights in Washington state. This bill allows adults to prey on special needs children or children with trauma, mood disorders, other mental health issues. Shutting out parents and severing this critical relationship for children in order to do irreversible procedures is destructive and often deadly for these children. Based on a compelling reason, in quotes, which would be that minor child that has been convinced to get gender-affirming services or abortion, This bill would allow providers to cut parents out of the decision-making process. Well, they're right, and that's exactly what this bill was designed to do. That's what Mark Elias wants to happen. They want you as a parent taken out of the the mix. It's the same thing they were doing in Virginia over education when Glenn Youngkin showed up and ran for governor. He is now today the governor, and nobody can... the, on the left there can still believe, why did they elect him? He's smart, he's, he's very successful, he's a multimillionaire, but he's he's a godly guy. He and his wife are committed Christians. But he just came in and said, no, a parent, a parent has a right to raise their child. I mean, that is so fundamentally simple. Who would think we have to say that out loud? But we do, and that's what this is about. It's about telling the left, no, this isn't your child. It's my child. It's a gift from God. Well, I'll tell you. Among its many flaws, the bill assumes families that don't affirm a child's short-term desires are being abusive. That's wrong. Sometimes love requires parents not to affirm their child's whims. Loving parents guide their children as they grow. Sometimes that means saying no. That's a quote from Representative Jim Walsh. He's certainly in agreement on this thing with trying to kill it, kill the bill. During floor debate, we heard the tired old cliche. He said that it takes a village to raise a child. That's false. He said that notion has resulted in exploding crime rates, homelessness, and rising teen suicide rates in Washington. Enough. So what can we do? What can be done? Well, we can certainly pray and, and just continue to stand for what is right. I've mentioned a couple of times recently, it's just been on my heart to to say that, and I, I have a couple of times, but l- let me say it again. Just let your light shine in the darkness. Don't let the devil blow it out. Don't put it under a bushel. This is not my advice. This is what Jesus taught. Stand up for righteousness. Stand for what is good. And you say, man, Gary, I'm standing, but everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, it is. We're not God, and we can only do what we can do, but we can be faithful to him and faithful to his promises and faithful to his teaching in the word of God. And we can take a stand. God will call, allow some of us to do things different or other than what others will do. Not everybody should probably get up and get on the radio every morning, but we can do what we, what we find our hand to do and i believe god is just calling us to faithfulness and he wants us he wants us to stand in the gap and tell people what's really going on be a voice be a light in the darkness be salt slow down the decay stand for what is good and what is decent and what god would have us to be as people his people his creation There's a repeal effort is underway to nullify this. The bill is set to begin in late July unless enough valid signatures, about 162,000 are gathered to put it on hold. That movement is starting in Washington State. We'll make you aware as we have more details, you should sign that petition. Thanks for being with me today and thank you for your support. We need it. I'll see
0: you tomorrow.